Welcome back to another episode of Thrive, the Agency Scaler podcast. And today we are talking about what it means to create a referable brand. And I have the referable brand expert with me, uh, Michael Roderick from Small Pond Enterprises. Uh, Michael is the CEO of Small Pond Enterprises, which is uh, essentially at the cross-section of relationship building and thought leadership. But I'm going to leave it at that. And uh, Michael, <laughs> let you talk a little bit about uh, what that actually means, and then we'll dive into the referable brand. Sure, sure. Uh, so basically, my work is really focused on the idea of how do thoughtful givers become thought leaders? How do people who are really great at helping everybody else sit down and actually say, well, what do I want to put out into the world? What do I want to create? And from the referable brand angle, it's about what are you doing that's your own intellectual property? Because most of the time when people are creating content, they're, they're usually just kind of parroting the, thing, the other things that are in their industry. So I uh, like to help people really dig into who they are and what do they want to put out into the world. So this is like a, a deep dive into um, unique value proposition, market positioning, but it's like much more specific, you know, sort of exactly. really, really driving that home. Okay, cool. Yep. So um, let's start with what is a, a referable brand uh, look sure. like from the external point of view? What does that sure. look like? Yeah, so basically a referable brand from the outside is that thing that you can't get out of your head. <laughs> it's, it, it's kind of the classic, um, you know, the Sondheim lyric, it's got a tune you can hum, right? And whenever we hear something that we'll be happy to share with our friends, we'll be happy to put, um, you know, tell people about it, that usually means that it's in the referable brand area because it's something that is very, very easy to transfer in terms of knowledge mm -hmm. as opposed to something that feels complex and it makes us look good whenever we share it with somebody else. That's a big, big part of a referable brand is, is it's something that when people talk about you, it makes them look good as opposed to just making you look good. Because it's... Um something that's different from what they've heard before it's easy mm -hmm. to understand and it's just a, a new concept that they could potentially implement in their own company or uh, just talk about with other people exactly and it helps them think differently yeah. so the the core difference between the people who work in a space of more like thought follow the leader is the fact that they are always kind of teaching like this is how to do something and thought leaders are much more in the field of this is how to think differently mm -hmm. about something. Right. So it's creating that brand to get people to think differently. Got it. Um, so I imagine that it is going to start with some type of really deep dive into the competitive landscape. So um, for creative media and tech agencies that are kind of watching and listening and thinking about this, um, what do they need to be looking at or thinking about when it comes to looking at their competitors? Yeah, so I think the most important thing is to understand the difference between I have a concept uh, called the container versus the contents. And the idea there is that there are a lot of words that fall into this category of containers. They're very broad terms. A lot of people are using them all at the same time, and they're just trying to sort of riff on those words. So you'll see people saying things like leadership or strategy or, you know, this is our, you know, go-to method and all these different types of terms. And those are container words. So you want to think about for yourself, if, you're, if your competitors are talking about strategy, 
how do you not use the word strategy and think of what is it that you're actually doing? How do you open up that container of the word strategy and come up with your own words, your own ideas, your own ways of presenting this information? So it's always looking at what is everybody else saying and what's the level of repetition that's out there and how can you crack open a lot of those containers and find the contents that are specific to you and who you are right super relevant and and again back to what i said before about market positioning and unique value proposition the more relevant that is and the more unique it is it's going to attract a whole different clientele exactly yeah i love it um so let's talk a little bit about the importance of why i know you're a you're a big simon cynic fan as am i um, and the importance of the story behind the brand and, and why the why is so important. Yeah. So basically, there, there's really no competition. There's only specialization when you break it down. And if you have a very strong why, there are certain people who are going to just really resonate with that why. And then there are going to be people who are just not actually interested mm-hmm. in, in that. So you taking the time to figure out, well, what is the actual reason you're doing this? What are you fighting against? Who is the enemy? You know, what is the concept that you want to put out into the world? If you're really, really specific about that and you're tying it to your own experience, experiences or you're tying it to your own beliefs, as long as you're really sticking that stake in the ground, you're going to attract the people who also feel that way. And you're going to repel a lot of the people who are just not the type of client that you want. So it's so important to take the time to really dig into that. And a lot of the time we just don't. A lot of the time we just kind of come up with these broad terms, these broad concepts. And in order to find the specificity, you've got to dig deep into who you are and what you're all about. Because that's where those words are going to come from. That's where the language is going to come from. That's where the story is going to come from. And that story is what's going to attract those ideal clients. Right, right. I couldn't agree more with that. I actually just want to take a moment because you just uh, reminded me of um, you have this daily newsletter that you put out, this daily email, which I've been subscribing to for, I don't know, it's got to be going on about two or so months now, two or three months. And in the beginning, I was like, oh, my God, this guy puts out a a daily email. That's crazy. (laughs) Like, how do you do that? Um, But it's it's not only digestible, but the concepts in it are very along the lines of the, like a Simon Sinek type of thing, but I feel like they're more approachable, um, mm-hmm. more relatable. And I don't know if you uh, saw, I actually tagged you on an Instagram this morning, but I used exactly what you said in one of your, um, your previous um, emails this week, which was exactly why are we doing this? Right. Yeah. So reflection instead of action like that really, really resonated with me. So I awesome. saw that I tagged you. in there. Oh, thank you. Yes. <laughs> um, but anyway, I wanted to mention that because if uh, any of the agency leaders, you know, listening or watching today, definitely subscribe to this. I mean, it's a it's a free daily email. I think you get a ton of value out of it. And again, to your point before, it's just a different way of thinking about things. And uh, it's definitely uh, changed the way that I've thought about a couple of things so far. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. Um, So let's talk a little bit going back into this whole idea of memory markers and um, using language that's memorable, but also unique to what you said before. There are these container concepts or these container words that everyone else in your industry is using. Um, I think we could even put things like 
digital marketing in there. I mean, yes. it's like the same thing. How many people are looking for a digital agency? Nobody's yeah. a full service digital agency. We know that. Right? <laughs> exactly. Like you don't do everything with the 15 people that you have on staff. Um, but I think it's important to, to start talking about these memory makers, what you call them. And so yeah. I just wanted to hear a little bit more about that. Sure. So, so basically, there are there are lots of tools out there that help people remember material. There's mnemonic devices that that we have, and in some cases, that's something as simple as a rhyming couplet. And in other cases, that's an image or that's a metaphor that somebody that somebody gives. But the core thing is, you want to be able to trigger something for someone so that they're remembering your content whenever they're out and about. So if you are, let's say, describing your process and you describe your process in relation to something that everybody does or that a very large number of people do, then what's going to happen is the next time that they're in that environment, even though it has nothing to do with digital marketing, has nothing to do with agencies, they're going to remember you for that. Mm -hmm. So if you're the one, if you're the person who basically is describing uh, how you choose the how you choose your fonts as how you choose your food at the grocery store. Every single time those people go to the grocery store, they're going to remember that piece, and they're going to remember that piece that you wrote. So it's all about creating those anchors for people so that they're able to go back to it. And that's where, if you have an image, people will remember that image. If you uh, if you have a rhyme, people will remember that rhyme. If it sounds like something they've experienced before or even sounds like something very popular but it's your own spin on it so sometimes you can take a, a phrase that everybody uses and just change one or two words and then they'll really remember that because it's already you're already kind of like hijacking that memory right. device that they already have uh in that place so those are a couple of ways for people to think about it right and would an, uh, like a, another maybe more tangible uh, application of this be like people who come up with um who write jingles for mm -hmm. brands right oh totally Same thing. that's that's their whole job right Is yeah create those memory markers Exactly. Yeah. So anytime you have a jingle, the, the idea is you want people to be humming that jingle at times when they are nowhere near your brand. Right. Like when right? I was unloading the dishwasher the other day and started singing the State Farm commercial like that. <laughs> exactly. Totally like that. You know, and it's that it's that it's that thing. Like if you were saying it outside of the industry, right. then you you've really committed it to memory. You've really started to use it. And when people come up with those things, that's why the brand just moves in a much more prominent way than, oh, well, this is just another company that fits into this box and into this story. Right. And then the ones that fit into those boxes, they're essentially commodities, right? They're looked at as commodity yep. versus valuable. Right? Exactly. Or specialization or, you know, whatever the, the term is you want to use. Yeah, and that's the thing is that that aspect of when you have that specialization and when people see you as, oh, you're the person who talks about this specific thing or you're the one who does a really deep dive in this area, people will want to spend more money because they see you in that specialist category as opposed to, oh, well, I can just find somebody who, you know, will do that for cheaper. Right. 
uh, when it's that commodity mindset. Right, it's that the execution firms and things like that. There's um, one example of uh, one of my strategic partners and um, this woman who I, I think is amazing at what she does. And she calls herself or, or her methodology compassionate management. And mm. it's all around the idea of training millennials, like mid-level managers who are millennials, who have never potentially managed anyone before, um, training them to be better leaders and um, be compassionate to their reports, but also uh, holding them accountable and that that delicate balance between the two. And then also Mm -hmm. teaching um, some managers that might be a little bit older how to sort of be compassionate and hold accountable their millennial their millennial reports. Right. So it's it's all about this very, very I mean, that's a pretty specialization, uh, a very, very specific specialization. Um, yeah. But it's the every time I talk about her um, and I talk about what she does, everyone's like compassionate management. That's those are like at odds with one another. Yeah. You know, so that's why it's it's really easily to easy to refer her. Yeah. And you're also that's another very powerful memory device is contrast. We, we remember contrast very, very easily. So when somebody presents one word and then the following word is something that we wouldn't necessarily think would come together, we remember that more often. And we're like, oh, well, that's a different way of that, that's a different way of looking at it. Uh, so thinking about those points of contrast can be really, really solid memory devices. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we start to wrap up here, um, what is the best way or approach that you would recommend for agencies to start testing some of these things if they're thinking about potentially shifting the way that um, e- whether it's language on their website or the way that other people that they the way that they want other people to start looking at them or thinking about them or talking about them? What are some ways that they can start testing before they dive into a full implementation? Yeah, so I think that it's one of those things where, in-person interaction is one of the best tools that you can use for your own research. So I would suggest you go to an event and you try out some taglines. Mm. You try out some some theories. You try out drawing something on a napkin and you just watch the response mm-hmm. that somebody has. Because if they're leaning in and they're saying, wow, that's fascinating or that's so interesting, that's very different than if they're looking and they're like, yeah, that's okay. Uh, and the more that you start to get that sense of what causes somebody to have a visceral reaction, the more likely you're going to start to notice, okay, this is something we probably want to spend more time on. And the other piece of it is that the data that is created from just having those conversations, you can start to see the patterns. So based on those patterns, you can start to develop your framework. So you can say, okay, 10 people have all been really engrossed when I explained our process using this metaphor. So you know what? We should probably really double down on this metaphor and come up with a way to present it uh, in a more uh, substantial style. Right. That makes so much sense. Um, Michael, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate your time coming on the show today and uh, just awesome information. I'm looking forward to working with you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. You got it.